We start a weekend with trouble, but what else is new? In Michigan, the FBI moved and arrested members of a militia group, charging them with plotting to kidnap the state's governor and take her to a remote location in next-door Wisconsin. The weekend underway, and I'm drawn to Florida, where a beast of a snake has been caught in the Everglades. It may set a record for a catch by two hunters trapping the 18.8-foot Burmese python. They were working as part of a state-funded python elimination program. If you're not working for the FBI and you're not a snake hunter, what plans will you carry out this weekend? For me, the past few days were turned sharing a distanced lunch with friends who feed peanuts to Stellar Jays, a large, strong bluebird that comes to visit daily and ask for a bite to eat. Forget the news. Look to the Lord. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're wrapping up a series called The Chosen. Lazarus, he was a simple man from a small village in Israel. One day he got sick, and then he died. That very well could have been the end of his story here on earth, but something happened. Lazarus came to life again. And it wasn't because he was only mostly dead. That was not the case with Lazarus. He was dead, and he started to stink. But then Jesus came to town, and his life, or should I say his death, was never the same again. Stay with me. Let's look at this encounter with Jesus found in the Gospel of John. You know, Jesus had a profound effect on everyone he met. You see this when you read about him in all four Gospels. But sadly, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you can become somewhat immune to this powerful story. And I think that's what I like so much about the new TV show called The Chosen. It was created to help us meet the familiar Bible characters we all know and love, but with fresh eyes. What was village life like in the first century? How did Peter earn his living? What was it like to be a tax collector and have everyone hate you? These are some of the backstories that Dallas Jenkins is seeking to help us better understand. I asked Dallas Jenkins how he was able to creatively tell the stories of the people Jesus met, but stay faithful to the scriptures. I think some people who maybe haven't seen the show yet and they hear backstories or context or artistic imagination and they think, "Uh uh-oh, you're messing with scripture. Um, and I understand that concern, but, uh, and, and I know a lot of Christians have been burned in the past by seeing Bible stories set to film, you know, by Hollywood and, and things change and it feels like unrecognizable. Well, I'm someone who's been a believer as long as I can remember. I was a Bible major in college. I love God's word. I believe it. I have no agenda and I'm not changing anything. When you see things that are from scripture in the show, Um, we don't change anything. But yes, we do add the historical context, the cultural context, and some artistic imagination similar to when you're hearing a sermon and and the pastor perhaps is giving you a passage from the Gospels and then says, all right, now let me give you a little bit of the context of what was going on here. And sometimes we like to imagine, you know, what, what, what might it have been like for Simon Peter, you know, who was married, for example. Those are things we don't normally explore. Our primary objective when we do any scenes that aren't from Scripture we, we always ask ourselves, is this plausible? That's number one, you know, is this something that really could have happened? And then of course, what's most important is, 
We never do anything that's going to violate the intentions of the char- or the character of Jesus and these gospel stories. The creator of The Chosen, Dallas Jenkins. Later in the program, I want you to hear a little scene where some holy imagination is used to help us better understand the man known as Peter. And after this program, I want to give you an opportunity to get the entire eight-episode season on DVD for your gift to support Dave and Today. That's well over six hours of viewing content on two DVDs. As you watch this epic yet faithful to the scriptures series, you'll better understand in a fresh new way the times and places where Jesus walked. Call us after the program at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, Visit us there and watch some of the clips from the show that we have, and then you can make your gift and ask for the DVD collection of The Chosen. Our website is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Now let's get started with somebody we had on the program recently, Jeremy Camp, and his song, Same Power. I can see the water's raging at my feet. I can feel the breath of those surrounding me I can hear The sound of nations rising up We will not be overtaken We will not be overcome I can walk Down this dark and painful road I can face Every fear of the unknown I can hear All God's children sing
He's singing a song called Same Power, opening this Haven Today, Jeremy Kemp. My name is Charles Morris, and welcome to Haven Today in a program called The Chosen. If I hadn't met Jesus, I'd still be in the grave. Can't you just hear Lazarus saying that to his family and friends just days after Jesus raised him from the dead? The story of the Gospels is the story of resurrection. Christ's resurrection, of course, but also our own. He came to undo what sin has done to the world. If these past months have taught us anything, it's that there is something desperately wrong in our world. It's a broken world. But Christ came to make all things new. He came to this world with resurrection power. He came to bring the world back from the dead. And that's exactly what happened to Lazarus, a best friend of Jesus. It's quite the story. And it reminds us that Jesus' love goes deeper than we could ever imagine. Here's part of the story in John 11. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now Bethany sits just outside of Jerusalem, on the other side of the Mount of Olives. It would have been packed at this time of year. Passover was right around the corner. Jews were flooding into the area to remember the exodus from Egypt. Passover is the original resurrection story. Israel, the Lord's people, suffering miserably under brutal oppression by Egypt, dying and being put to death day by day. No wonder Egypt is called the house of death in the Old Testament. But the Lord broke in, and he rescued his people. He brought them out of death and into life. It was a resurrection, and as thousands of Jews were flocking into the area around Jerusalem, they were there to remember this salvation. But little did they know they were going to witness it firsthand. Lazarus was sick. No one is sure what he had, but we know it was serious, serious enough that his sisters sent word to Jesus. They were hoping he would come straight away to Bethany and save their brother. They had seen Jesus do incredible things for others. He healed the blind. He cast out demons. Surely he could help their brother Lazarus, right? And did you hear how they said it? The one you love is sick. Jesus healed many people, and so many of them were people he had never met before. But this Lazarus was a close friend. If Jesus could help strangers, certainly he could help his friend. But Christ didn't go. John 11 tells us he waited two more days. He was up to something. He could have healed Lazarus with a simple word like he did for Jairus. But he didn't. He waited. It can be so difficult to process. Why would the Lord have waited? Why does he not take away our pain and suffering right now? Do it right away. Does he really care about us? These are tough questions. And when Jesus finally got to Bethany, Lazarus had already died. And his sisters were wondering that exact thing. Back to John 11, verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
Well, that's quite a line. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How many times have we repeated this prayer one way or another? Lord, if you had just showed up, if you really cared, we wouldn't have lost our house, or my wife wouldn't have become sick. My children would still be with us. Lord, are you even concerned about me? That's the question they were wrestling with. And Jesus' response tells us all we need to know. Jesus wept. When he finally got to the tomb, he cried. The shortest verse in all the Bible, Jesus wept. When Lazarus died, a victim of the brokenness of sin in his own body, Jesus wept. And he still weeps when we suffer. We might come to him like Martha and Mary did. Lord, where were you? Where are you? But he doesn't leave us there. He cries with us, and he speaks words of life to Martha and to us. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this today? Jesus was up to something. He waited. He was getting ready to give the world a preview of what he was about to do. Lazarus was dead. Sin had taken over. Death seemed to have won the day. Not really. Jesus is the resurrection. He is the life. He wept, but not as one who was in despair. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead with a simple word. Lazarus, come forth. Listen now to the end of the story. John chapter 11, verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he's been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called out. He called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Now those are words of life. Those are words of resurrection. And Lazarus was never the same again when he heard them. Imagine the conversations he had with people in his village afterwards, in years later. Yes, sir, I was dead as a doornail, but then Jesus called me from the grave. People surely whispered when he walked by, Can you believe he was so dead he was starting to stink? Lazarus was one of Jesus' last signs and wonders to show the world that he had the power to die and take up his own life. Death has been swallowed up in the victory of Christ's own resurrection from the dead. I hope you believe this. I do today. And I know that Jesus is calling people to come to life even today. It happened in my heart many years ago. You could say my heart was dead. I was even stinking. But then Jesus said, Charles Morris, come out to new life. And I've never been the same again. Just like Lazarus. Have you heard these words spoken to your soul? By faith in Jesus, you too can live forever with him. 
First, he resurrects our spirit from death to spiritual life. But one day, if we die in this world, our bodies will be resurrected as well. And what a glorious day that will be. The head that once was crowned with thorns Is crowned with glory now The Savior knelt to wash our feet Now at His feet we bow The one who
was borrowed for three days His body there would not remain Our God has robbed the grave Our God has robbed the And if we're not fighting the Romans yet, I want to do something until that time comes. I told you to catch men. I don't know what that means. Exactly. And if he needed you to know what that meant, he would have told you. So just... Just be you. Okay? And hey, maybe you already know. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris in a program called The Chosen. We just heard the acoustic version of Resurrecting from Elevation Music. And that was a scene from The Chosen, where Jesus was teaching in a house, but the crowds began to swell. Peter was concerned he wanted to protect Jesus, but he was reminded that he was not called to be a bodyguard, but rather a fisher of men. And I think this scene helps all of us better understand what the chosen TV show is trying to do. It's making keen observations about the gospel story, but helping us understand what Christ's followers' day-to-day life would have been like. And that's why I want you to start watching the chosen TV series. In all eight episodes of season one, you'll better understand the human struggles of people like Peter, the woman at the well, and even Nicodemus. They were people just like you and me. They faced sickness and financial struggles and even death. But they were transformed when they met Jesus. And when you watch this unique and well-produced TV series, you're going to be encouraged that Jesus can use you for his glory even today. So for your generous gift to this listener-supported ministry, I'd like to send you the DVD collection, The Chosen, Season 1. You just need to call us right now at 800 654 
800-65-HAVEN. And as I said when the program began, you can go to our website if you'd prefer, and I would urge you to do that and watch some excerpts from the series. And after that, then you can make your gift and get your order in for the two-DVD set. Our web address is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris, and thank you so very much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus, and we'll do it on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. They were trapped against the sea, and the mightiest army on earth was bearing down on the nation of Israel. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Do you see what happened in that moment in Exodus 14? God placed himself between his people and certain death. He went on to deliver them, but just linger on this moment. It's a picture of what Christ would ultimately do, placing himself between his people and death, except that he actually would die, so you could live. You can get Anchor Devotional in print at getanchor.com.